Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, ballers. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. A few things before we get into today's episode. First, if you have not already done so, and I say this on every show, if you haven't done so, make sure you hit that subscribe button and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And secondly, make sure that you're telling a few friends about the show too. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. And one more thing, over the past few months, you all know that I've been sharing that I have a new book that's been in the works. You guys know that the manuscript is off at the publishers, and so we're working on the cover design and all that great stuff. But on today's episode, I'm actually going to reveal the name of the new book, too. So what is it called? Well, the title of this one is Dominate the Game, How Life Changes When You Show Up. And it's all about how you show up to life the right way so that you can move the ball and go after whatever it is that you want in life. So it's definitely complimentary to my Move the Ball book. So if you haven't checked that one out, there is a link in the show notes so you can pick up a copy and give it a read. All right, enough of that for now. Let's move on to today's episode. I've got an awesome guest with us inside the huddle with us today. I'm ready to talk about his football journey and what he does to move the ball is Calvin Jackson Jr. Calvin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you here with us. We've been talking for quite a while now, a little bit before the NFL draft about having you on the show. So I'm glad that we're making it happen now. And something that I just love about you is your smile and you just have this positive vibe around you and that positive energy. And so I'm looking forward to you sharing that on our show as well. Let me just share a little bit about your bio for our listeners. Calvin is a wide receiver who currently plays for the New York Jets. He finished his college football career at Washington State University, where during that time there, he played in 31 games, had 104 receptions for 1,403 yards and 10 touchdowns. We're going to talk about Calvin's football journey and more on today's episode. All right, Calvin, are you ready to move the ball? Yes, I am. You know, there's so many places that I could take us on the show, and I usually ask people about their football journey and kind of how they got into football. We'll get there in a minute. Since we are in training camp time, I just want to ask, you know, how has your training camp experience been? We'll talk about kind of the whole pre-draft process in the show, but what's it been like at training camp here the past few weeks? Well, it's been great. You know, uh, being a rookie and being able to experience all these things, it's a blessing in disguise, but it's definitely different. I'll tell people out there now, it's a lot different than college training camp. It's a lot more, you know, make sure you're studying your playbook, make sure you're in the weight room, make sure you're doing all the extra work to take care of your body because believe it or not, the NFL season is really long and it's gotten longer in this upcoming year. So you go from playing 11 games to 17 to 20 games in a year and it's uh, it's crazy. But, you know, I'm happy to be here. The experiences I'm experiencing and the teammates I have around me that's helped me out through this whole process is just great. And what has been the most eye-opening experience of this for you? Probably just how how 
the speed of the game. The speed of the game is a lot different in the uh, the next level you go up, which is the NFL right now. And being here and experiencing it finally after hanging from all my family and friends that have been at this level and stuff like that, seeing what they went through and seeing the process that they took to get there is also like something they told me about. So I would just probably say the speed of the game is a lot more faster. You have to learn a lot faster. You have to know everything in and out. So just being able to grasp onto those things and make sure I'm doing all those things correctly is just a, it's a blessing. And you mentioned the playbook earlier. The playbook at the NFL level is a lot different than in college. It's a lot more complex. There's a lot more to study and be prepared for. And if you're not prepared, well, there's someone else that's willing to take your spot that has done that work. So there's definitely a lot of work that goes into the preparation to play at this level. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. And coming from the three offenses I played in at Washington State, I never had to pick up a playbook because it was just so easy and simple and stuff like that. So getting here and having a whole playbook that you have to study and knowing like what plays are being ran a certain day and what personnel and stuff we're going to be running, it, it's eye-opening and it, it, it woke me up a little bit during OTAs. And what do you like the most about your position group? I love my position group. This receiver room is different. You know, uh, I've been into a lot of receiver rooms and we've all been close, but I feel like this receiver room is different. You know, you got the Elijah Moores, you got the Braxton Berrios, you got the Corey Davises and Jeff Smith and all those guys in there. They're all great. They're going to make sure you're on top of your stuff, making sure you know your things and all that. And they're going to cheer you up when you're up. They're going to make sure when you're down, they're going to cheer you up even more. And just having those guys in your corner and having those guys sitting next to you in the room is just, it's eye-opening. And I learn something new every day from them. And I've had a lot of people who have played in the league on the show, either currently or, or previously playing. And they talk about the brotherhood that you develop being in the NFL and those bonds. And the, the teammates that you have are true teammates, right? Like everybody wants you to succeed because if you succeed, then the team succeeds. And then hopefully you play more games, right? In the postseason as well that year. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's important for people to really think about off the field, who are you aligning yourself with as teammates? Because you want to have people that are the same as you described, right? That are there to pick you up when you're down, that are going to help push you and make sure that you're succeeding at whatever it is you're looking to do, it, it professionally or personally. Exactly, yeah. It, it goes a long way because, you know, like you said, it, it pays dividends at the end of the year because obviously you want to play more games to the postseason. Obviously, the Super Bowl, that's the goal for every team. But building that brotherhood and being around those guys that, that want to succeed and doing stuff that they've done in the past and them telling you things that they didn't do in the rookie year that they wish they did. So they're telling you those things so that you can be successful on and off the field. So just having those guys just mentor all the rookies, not just the receiver room, just everybody that came in that are new to this program, to this organization. This is great. I think it's really good for guys to be thinking about the veterans, like how can I help the younger guys, the rookies to really you know do things that I wish I had done as a rookie or learn and to kind of accelerate the learning curve, not make mistakes that they may have made when they were in your same position. Exactly. So let's run things way, way back. So you're, you're from Florida. I was going to ask, you know, how did you get into football? But your dad played in the league. He went undrafted. He played from 94 to 99 with the Dolphins. And so you've been around football and exposed to this game at a professional level through your dad. But like, what was the first time you picked up a football and what about the game really excited you? I was around, I want to say seven or eight years old, maybe even six. And I was living with my mom at the time. And there's a football field across the street from my elementary school. And I, after school, I went to an after school program that ended around like six, six ish o'clock. And Normally when I get out, I see a lot of people playing football, like in football pads and stuff like that. So one day I came home, I was like, mom, can I play football? And she was just like, I don't know. I don't know if that's like the right sport. Cause like there's a lot of hitting, it's a lot of bruising. And like, she cares. Like, obviously your mother's going to like, it's like, 
you're a little baby. She doesn't want you getting hurt and stuff like that. So I kept asking day after day, like, can I play football? Can I play football? And then finally came to a day where she was just like, okay, well, I'm going to play football so bad. Let's go out there tomorrow and let's just see, let's see how it goes. From that point on, from the Dane Beach Bulldogs we were at the time, I've loved football ever since. It's like, it's, it's been with me all my life. It's carried me all the way to where I'm at, where I am now. And it's shaped me to the person I am now. And I'm thankful for it. And my dad being able to mentor me as well and become my coach and stuff like that, that also like helped me out a lot. He um, was hard on me 24 seven, you know, because he wanted me to be great and stuff like that. And I appreciate it because it shaped me to who I am today. And, you know, it's just, it's been a crazy football journey. I've had a long one, but I'm thankful for it. And something you said before that your dad was a fan, but he was your biggest hater. Yeah. You know, he would speak to you before games and make sure that you had your head on straight. And you know, he was just there to really support you and, and help you to level up as a player as well. Yes, of course. You know, uh, like I've said in a previous interview, you know, uh, I'll have a good game, but, you know, he'll be like, congratulations on a good game and all this and that. But then he'll he'll stop the conversation and be like, you know, but you didn't do this. You could have did this. And I'm just saying, I'm like, wow, like I just had a, a game in my life and he's sitting here telling me what I could have done. But, you know, it, pay, it paid off at the end of the day. I understood what he meant and what he was trying to uh, get through me and stuff like that. So I'm thankful for what he was saying to me all the time. And something I like to ask people, I mean, my, my listeners know that the whole Move the Ball movement started because I wrote a book on football called Move the Ball. In that book, I talk about different lessons and strategies I've taken away from the game outside of the hard work, the teamwork, the discipline, those are in there, but there's so many other lessons that football teaches us to be successful. I want to get your perspective on what are some of those things that you've taken away from the game that you think have really helped you to get to where you're at now? I would just say yeah, football is a, a sport. It teaches you a lot, not, not just like on the field, like you said, but like mentally and stuff like that, because you're basically waking up every day on the offensive side of the ball to get hit by another person like full speed and it, it runs a toll on you. But at the end of the day, like it teaches you to be mentally tough because, you know, you have days, you have your highs, you have your lows and you run into the obstacles in life where you have your highs and lows as well. So if you just apply those things that you learn throughout the football process and stuff like that, I feel like it'll help you be successful. And when you attack days, like how you attack like a, a football practice or a football game, I feel like you come out more successful and stuff like that. So playing the game, as long as I've been playing and being able to, accomplish things on the outside of football, I think it's benefited me in many good ways. Completely agree with you on the mental toughness thing. I mean, no matter whether you're an athlete or not, I mean, you have to be able to be mentally strong to take on whatever life throws at you. We all know that, you know, it's not going to go as planned. Things are going to hit us when we least expect it. And so having that mental toughness and sports teach you that, you know, is really helpful to being able to move the ball and kind of tackle adversity and continue on. Exactly. So let's talk about your college journey. So you started off uh, at the junior college level. Walk us through kind of high school, going to JUCO, and then we'll talk about Washington State. I transferred high schools twice. I went to a smaller high school that graduated a class of 60 at the time. And my dad put me there for a reason because like it was a lot of like high schools I could have went to and played at and stuff like that. But my dad was really big on building my own journey. So part of that was putting me at that high school and like making a name for myself instead of going somewhere and where it's like a bunch of other people at and stuff like that, which I understood. So I played a year of football there. And then the following year, they're actually shutting down the program and they were building another school and connecting with another charter school. Believe it or not, my dad coached that Coast Springs charter like a while back, like after he was done playing and he had the athletic director he knew there and they were really good friends still. So he was like, you're transferring to Coast Springs charter. My sophomore year of high school, I was like, okay. And he was like, it's a better football program. You know, it's going to be great for you to be around that kind of stuff and like play against some great talent. So I was like, okay. So I went through there. My Sophomore, junior, and senior year, I played really well. 
I started getting more recognition my junior year. Went on a little camp tour where my dad took me to different camps and I showcased my talent. Started getting offers and stuff like that. And I ran into a guy named Derek Sage. He's the Titans coach at UCLA right now, but he was at University of Toledo at the time. And I fell in love with him. He's a great guy. He's checked in on me at all times, make sure I was good and all this and that. And I ended up signing my senior year to University of Toledo. But believe it or not, a week or two weeks before I was leaving, supposed to report to the University of Toledo, I found out I was a non-qualifier. So that that hurt bad because uh, getting a call from him, seeing the, dad, my, the look on my dad's face, me not being able to go play Division One football was like, it was upsetting for me as well. So the next step was to go to junior college. And I didn't know much about junior college. I didn't know what junior college was at the time. And Sage uh, put me in contact with Coach Jason Brown, a really great head coach at Independence that I love to death. And after finding out I had to go there, like it was in Kansas. I, at the time, I didn't know where Kansas was on the map. So I had, to, I had to look it up a few times and make sure I knew where I was going and stuff like that. And believe it or not, this is my first time flying alone and living alone on my, like by myself, like without any help or anything like that. So I packed up my things, moved to Kansas, spent two years there, what, 2016, 2017 there. And then Derek Sage, he uh, ended up getting a job at Washington State from Toledo. And he was like, I'm going to bring you with me. And I was like, okay, it's perfect. Like I'm playing power five ball. This is where I wanted to end up either way. So believe it or not, I'm a big believer in whatever happens, like it happens for a reason. So he ended up at Washington State. So I signed there, went through two years there at Independence, and then I finally reported to Washington State in 2018, mid-year. And right before I reported, Derek Sage, he gets another job at UCLA. So I never got a chance to play with him, but I still love him with, like dear to my heart. I tell everyone it's been quite the journey because it's not a lot of people that takes this exact route and be able to say they made it to this far point in life. So I'm thankful for all the support and love that I've gotten over the past few years and stuff like that to help motivate me to get to this level, along with the wise words from my dad's as well. But, you know, it's been it's been one crazy journey, but I'm very, very thankful for the journey that I took. I, I believe if I took a different path, I don't know if I'll be here right now. For sure. And you talk about mental toughness. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, having your heart set on going to University of Toledo and then finding out that you couldn't go there and having to adjust and pivot and then go somewhere else. Talk to us about like your mental state during that time and how you stayed strong with all this transition. It was bad because uh, I had a, a great group of friends that I surrounded myself with that were all playing football as well and going on to the next level. So when I found out I had to go junior college, I didn't tell them until the day of I was leaving. So being able to hold that in for so long and not tell anyone or anyone outside of my family and stuff like that, it was it was hard. But, you know, uh, I had the support from my family and my and my dad, of course, with the wise words is just you're going to go as far as you want to go. So it was like it depends on me. Like, what do I want to do in life? So at the end of the day, I wanted to make it to where I'm at now. So I didn't have to put my head down and make sure I get in and get out what I need out of it to get to where I'm at now. But mentally, you know, it was it was hard because knowing where I wanted to be at and I wasn't there at the time, it was just it, it ate me up inside out. And, you know, uh, I just had to keep reminding myself, what did I want to do with this football stuff? You know, and I, I kept telling myself I want to make it to as far as I can go. And believe it or not, I'm here right now. So I'm thankful. For sure. And uh, you have a cousin, too, that kind of went a similar path, ended up playing Juco, not because of the same situation, didn't have a Division One offer, Hollywood Brown. Did, was he influential at all as you were going through this process? Did you talk to him about kind of your journey or no? Oh, yeah, of course. We spoke every day because uh, 
his last year of JUCO was my first year. So being able to talk to him about his journey and like what do I need to do to be able to get to like where you're at now to get offers and get to the division one level and stuff like that. He's motivating me a lot and just make sure I have my head on straight because he knows how hard it is on a person or an athlete not being able to do what they want to do. So just having his support and his wise words help, help me out a lot. Oh, that's awesome. It's important to have people that can kind of give you not only emotional support, but also have been in a similar situation so they can kind of share how they've gone through it, how they succeeded. For those that don't know Hollywood, he ended up getting drafted first round. Uh, he played at Oklahoma, was a wide receiver, got drafted first round by the Ravens. He's with the Cardinals now. So he's obviously, you know, made himself a success story as well. And, you know, the thing about, I've had a lot of guys on the shows we talked about, everyone's got their own story, their own journey. And so not everybody gets drafted. You have a lot of folks that go undrafted that have amazing careers in the NFL too. So, I mean, it's really about what you do with the opportunities that are presented to you. It doesn't matter what the door is. You just got to capitalize once that door is open. So walk us through your time at Washington State. Like what was the most memorable uh, experience for you playing as part of that program? Probably my first year, I would say, because you get a you get a guy like Gardner Minshew come in and take over the team as a one and done guy because he transferred from ECU and his story is even crazy with another JUCO guy. And having him come in and reshape the program and take that program to another level was crazy. We went 10 and 2, best record in Washington State history, went on to win the Alamo Bowl against Iowa State. And just being able to see the camaraderie that he brought within that team and Another great receiver room that I was part of got Desmond Patman that plays for the Colts, Aesop Winston that used to play for the Saints that just got picked up by the Browns, Tay Martin that plays for the 49ers. Like you learn so much stuff from those guys outside of football. Like you learn so much stuff about those guys and like how they operate and how you should operate and stuff like that. It opened my eyes. So those next two to three years that I had at Washington State, I made sure I, I left what they taught me into that receiver room. And uh, it's a lot of great guys still at Washington State now that still call me and ask me, like, what do I need to do? Send me clips and stuff from practice and stuff like that. Like, what do you think about this? And it's just, it's eye-opening being able to connect with, like, the the classes, like, that, that are behind you and stuff like that. It shows, like, the, the familyhood and uh, everything else that's, like, involved into that university. And I'm so glad I took the route that I did and ended up where I ended up at. And it's been great because, you know, uh, Pullman is a small town. They love their football over there. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. I love that place. Oh, I think that's great. That I mean, it must be an incredible feeling to know that people respect your opinion and want your help and, and guidance and mentorship, right, on how they can improve as well, the classes behind you, to your point. Yes, I love it. So you talked about Jason Brown real quick before we, we continue on. It's been a number of years since I've talked with Coach Brown, but to just being you know at the JUCO level, like how did that prepare you for the next level at Washington State? And then also how did Washington State prepare you for where you're at now in the NFL? Coach Jason Brown is a great guy. He still calls me, checks in on me, makes sure I'm doing well, sends me a message here and there, just check in on me. I would probably say he played a major role into my transition from uh, JUCO to Washington State because... He was he was raw and uncut. He gave it to you exactly how, you know, how he wanted it to be portrayed as. And, you know, being able to have a guy like that in your corner, be able to tell you exactly what you need to do to get to the next level. Because obviously he has guys that are playing at that level already. So him yelling at you or cursing at you and stuff like that, like it, you're just going to take with a grain of salt because it's tough love. And that's what everybody needs in their life. So he... He was really big on school, you know, me being a non-qualifier and stuff like that. He made sure I was on top of everything. And, and if I wasn't, he made sure I got an earful about it. Me trying to avoid the earful, obviously, I needed to go to class, make sure I was doing everything right, make sure I never missed an assignment and stuff like that. But not only that, 
he made me tougher on the football field. Coaches coach sometimes, but he coaches, like really coaches. Like he'll make sure you're doing everything perfectly. And if you're not, you're going to get an earful. And transitioning from JUCO to Washington State, I brought all that along with me, you know, uh, going to class on time, making sure I'm on top of all my assignments and stuff like that. I also had help from guidance classes. I got tutors and stuff like that to make sure I was on top of everything. So that whole transition from JUCO to Washington State, it wasn't as bad, but like it was different. It was a bigger setting. It was a bigger game of football. And it was like where I wanted to be. And it, it was great. And I loved it. And I feel like Coach Brown, like really, really changed that next level of football for me. And then leaving Washington State to transition to football. It was a it was a different ball game, I would say, because Pac-12 football is like, it's it's power five, but it's like you got the SECs, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the HCs, and the Pac. And then just being able to play against and practice against the best of the best in the NFL because they're, they're obviously here for a reason. And it, it's crazy just being able to see those faces and, you know, see them in person and stuff like that. You know, I'm thankful to, I'm thankful to be here. To your point about you know, in college, you've got some teams that are better than others. At the NFL level, everybody's good. They've earned their way to that professional level, the top of the top. So it's very different. Speed of play is faster. Like you talked about earlier, the talent level is different as well. Yes, it is. So you're from Florida, as we talked about earlier. You went to Kansas for JUCO, so middle of the country. And then you went all the way out west, Pacific Northwest, to Washington. How was that adjustment if it's a different climate, for sure? But just how how did you adjust with all of that? It was definitely hard. Believe it or not, coming out of JUCO, my goal was to get closer to home because, you know, I, I love Florida. I love being around my family and stuff like that. And having them be able to come see my games was probably something I wanted to do a lot. But obviously it took me a different route. But, you know, adjusting to living in those many places was definitely difficult, especially in Kansas. Like I said, I was living on my own. I didn't know much about living. I didn't know about rent, really. I didn't know about like buying certain groceries and stuff like that. So I'll go to grocery store like that. Like, what do I need to get? But after that, like I, I figured it out on my own. My dad helped me out. I had help from my family and stuff like that. So the transition to Washington, it wasn't as bad. But the only thing that was bad was the weather and stuff like that. Because, you know, I'm from Florida. I'm used to the warm. I'm used to the, the rain here and there. But that was a different kind of adjustment that I had to get used to on my own. For you being a Floridian, what is cold for you? Like when you step down, you're like, oh my gosh, it's cold. What is the temperature that you think is cold? Well, right now, after living in Washington for about four years, I would say cold for me is probably like 50s, 50s, 40s is cold. Like 60s, I can bear with. I can still go outside and wear shorts in the 60s or like maybe 50s sometimes, depending on the wind breeze and stuff like that. But like I lived in Washington for so long, so I've been in the cold and the snow and the blizzards and stuff like that. So I've gotten used to it to a certain extent. Well, you will get some of that in New York for sure. So get ready, (laughs) mentally prepare for that. So we talked earlier about mental toughness and adversity and just being able to overcome situations that may happen. And, you know, something that we share in common is that we both lost our fathers. And so, you know, when I lost my dad, that really changed my perspective on certain things in life, certainly took me in a different trajectory, didn't think I would ever be doing anything in football, thought I would just be climbing the corporate ladder. I mean, my goal was to be a Fortune 500 CEO. And so that's the path I was focused on. And so after my dad passed in the way that he did, it really shook up my life. And so, and I know you losing your dad, had a tremendous effect on you as well. Can you talk about that and how you went through that process of dealing with you know, your dad passing away? He, he passed away in March of last year. Yeah, it was it was definitely a, probably a huge, huge eye-opening thing for me because like it, it was sudden and it was just out of nowhere. So like that's just 
that's the crazy part about it. You know, I'm sitting in bed one night and my aunt, like I talk to my aunt a lot. I love her to death. And I get a call from her like around like 11, 12, 12 o'clock at night. And I normally don't get a call from her that like she's going to sleep. And just hearing her voice say that and me just not even being home. I'm thousands and thousands of miles away in Washington. So like, I don't know what to do personally. I don't know how to react. So I'm getting calls from all my family members, making sure I'm all right. And me being me, I hold stuff in a lot. I'm not a huge, huge emotional person. I just like lets everything out. So like at first, like I didn't answer the phone for like the next two days. Like I was just down to myself. I told my coach, she was just like, take a few days off of practice. She's like, you're fine. It was during, uh, during right before fall camp, like right after spring ball. So it was just, you know, it hurt, it hurt a lot. And it hurt a lot more when I got home around all my family and stuff like that, because just seeing them down and all that stuff, like that's something I don't want to see because like, I'm a huge, huge, I'm a huge family person. I want to be able to put my family first and make sure my family's good at all times. So like seeing that happen and seeing how much of an influence my dad had on the community, not just my family and stuff like that. It made me go harder than what I was going before, because like, I want to be able to take care of my family, how my dad was taking care of the family and stuff like that. So I was just like next man up. Like I need to be able to do that, do what my dad was doing and be able to change my community and making sure they know that I can do the same thing he was doing. It was obviously sad. I was hurt for a few weeks probably a month at that. So I was home for some time, got to spend time with my family, seen some family I haven't seen in a while. So just being around all that stuff, like it, it motivated me and he motivated me. He left me a lot of few, like a lot of quotes, a lot of stuff that I remember that I will always remember. And just being able to play the game of football, like how he played it in the same, almost the same exact route he took, you know, it motivates me every day. It makes me go harder because I know what he would be saying right now if he was alive, being able to call me and talk to me and stuff like that just thinking of all the good things and stuff that he told me and being able to bounce back and like read some old text messages and stuff that he sent me and stuff like that. It, it, it goes a long way. And, you know, I miss him every day. I wish he was still here, of course, but you know, I know he's above watching me and making sure I'm good at all times. For sure. He's definitely proud of the man you've become and the journey you've been on so far. And you ended up dedicating your final season at Washington state to him. And just talk to us about playing every game for him in that season. It was definitely great. Uh, before every game I ran out the tunnel and took a knee on the eight yard line because he was number eight at in college as well. So being able to do that and wear this eight around my neck for as long as I did that that year, I feel like every game that I had, he was just sitting in the stands or he was watching that TV. I come to the locker room and I read a few text messages he used to send me before games a year prior to that. And I used to read those and it, it just motivated me. It made me like want to go as hard as I wanted to do. And going into fall camp after coming home from the funeral and stuff like that. I, I knew what I needed to do and I knew what I wanted to do and I knew what he wanted me to do. So being able to apply all those emotions and stuff like that to the game of football to make sure I'm perfecting my craft to be able to get to the next level was something that I did and I carried with me through every game. And being able to do that and have the season that I did, I'm a thorough believer that he was watching every game. Oh, he absolutely was. And you ended up having 66 catches that season, 987 yards, seven touchdowns. Definitely a fantastic year on a lot of people's radars. And, and so, yeah, I mean, definitely your dad is looking down proud at you and was there with you every step of the way. So let's talk about the time has come. You've hung up those college cleats and now you're getting ready to become an NFL player. So you ended up uh, signing as an undrafted free agent. Uh, you ended up having a, a workout with the Dolphins before you ended up going at, up to rookie mini camp and, and doing a workout with the Jets. What was it like getting to do a workout with the team that your dad spent his entire career playing with? The, the workout was good. 
the crazy thing is that I had a really great workout. I was excited because my ideal thing was to end up playing for Miami too. That would have been a perfect scenario and stuff like that. But obviously everything happens for a reason. So I went through that whole workout process, went back home, told my family about it. So I'm looking forward to draft night. And obviously draft night comes around. I don't get a call and stuff like that. So I'm down for I'm down on myself because I, I feel like I let myself down, I let my dad down. That's not the case at all. Everything happens for a reason. So I get a call from the Jets and actually I get a call from Miami and they're saying, oh, we're going to invite you to rookie minicamp in two weeks. I was like, okay, that's perfect. I'll just go there and showcase my talents again. I'm not too worried. And this is Wednesday of that week. And my agent calls me and says, are you free this weekend? I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. Like what's going on? He was like, all right, well, we got your workout with the Jets on on Thursday, no, on Friday. So I had two days to get myself prepared for that. And it was just happened so sudden. Just being able to go up, come up here and, you know, showcase my talents and show them what I'm capable of doing and show them that how bad I wanted and stuff like that before I left, they ended up signing me. And it, it, it brought joy to my heart because, like, you know, I made it to a point where I wanted to be in life. I know my dad would be so happy, like, calling me, making sure I'm good, making sure, like, he's happy for me and stuff like that. No process was crazy, but, you know, I'm extremely thankful for for the Jets organization seeing the good in me and seeing what I can bring to this organization. Not being able to play for Miami, I'm not upset, but obviously that would have been a great, great turnout and stuff like that. But I do get to play against it, so I'm pretty excited about that. Well, there you go. And I feel like because you've had your cousin, you've had your dad, who's been a supporter throughout your entire football career, like you, you're one of those people that I feel too are a little bit ahead of the game when it comes to just the business of being a professional athlete. Um, some people who transition into the league, they struggle with that because they don't understand that this is a business. This is your job. It's not just, oh, cool, I get to play football. It's, you know, take it seriously and, you know, be a professional and, and show up and have that professional attitude each and every day. Yeah, it's it's definitely crazy because like I was talking to uh, one of my teammates a few days ago and was just like, bro, like we don't have summer classes. We don't have to go to practice in the morning and go to class after like you legit wake up, play football and go back home after like, th- like this is your job. Like this is what you do for a living. And like it can't get much better than this. And like we love it. And it's just, it still feels so surreal sometimes. Like I wake up and I go into the building. And I'm just like, wow, like I'm really like living the dream that I wanted to live when I was a kid. And it's just, it's eye-opening. I love it. Now, at some point, football will come to an end, hopefully not for quite some time. Have you given any thought as to what you would want to do once you do hang up the cleats? Yeah, I've thought a few times about about a lot of things. You know, going through college, my first idea was to be a sports agent, you know, because uh, I've been so close to sports my entire life. So being being able to pay the, the dividends back that the sports gave me is something that I wanted to do. But then I transitioned to being a, a I got my degree in sports management and then another degree in communications at my time at Washington State. So I'm still on the edge of trying to figure out what I exactly want to do with that. I wanted to be a commentator at one point. I still, part of me wants to do that. And part of me wants to be a coach, you know, go through the the ladders of coaching and stuff, because it's just like going through ladders of playing football and stuff like that. You got to start somewhere. So either coaching or commentating or analysts or anything like that up my alley, I I would love to do that. Yeah, I think, I mean, you don't need to have it figured out today. It's good to have some ideas and then you can, you know, continue to network with people in the league and explore and learn from them and see, okay, you know what? I think I want to go this direction or that direction. So you've got some time. So Calvin, what I want to do now is I want to run you through my two minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. First question is when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? 
I wanted to be a firefighter, believe it or not. And part of me still wanted to do that after I was uh, in high school and stuff like that. But then I'm not too big on gore and like stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I shot away from it. <laughs> what three words would you use to describe yourself? I would say humble, caring, and resilient. Great three words. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? My junior year at Washington State, I took a guitar class and I can actually play one song from that class that I remember. There you go. I've always wanted to play guitar and I've never took lessons. Maybe one day I'll do that, but I haven't yet. I used to play piano, so that's my that's my instrument, but I always wanted to play guitar. Next question is, if you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? Probably Parting USA. That would probably be my thing. I love that. I used to love that song so much. I can say nobody has ever said that song. <laughs> it's different. It's good. It's unique. What book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I listen to a few podcasts. I listen to one of the one of them is called The Note Boys. They're a Canadian podcast that interview like a lot of like high commodity names, being able to like hear different point of views and perspectives. And I also listen to Actually, a guy that my dad used to coach in high school, Darius Butler, he has a football podcast as well. So being able to hear different kinds of lingo and stuff like that, I feel like I applied to my game as well. Oh, nice. And someone was just telling me about the Nelk Boys. I have not listened to them myself, but I, I've heard of them. Yeah, they're definitely an interesting group. So my next question is, you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Probably LeBron James is probably going to be my first one just because all of his success and wealth, he'll probably like help me throughout my past and tell me what I need to do to be able to get to a level or try to get to a level like that. Probably Michael Jackson. I've heard of Michael Jackson just to hear how pop and stuff was back in the day to be able to experience that stuff. You know, living that moment would be pretty awesome. I feel like he's like looking back at all the music videos and stuff that he's done and how, how he changed the music game was probably crazy. And then my last one would probably be Calvin Johnson, the retired Hall of Famer receiver from the Lions, just to hear just about his crazy games and like his path and how he applied as much hard work and effort into his game of football and to how to be as successful as, as he was. Definitely three great choices. My next question is, do you sing in the shower? Most definitely do. And I sound a lot better in the shower than I do out of the shower. <laughs> okay. All right. Good to know. So I did want to ask you one other question. What are you most excited about for this upcoming season? Just being able to experience this first year and, you know, be able to go throughout injury free, everybody come out healthy, have obviously a great year with this new young team that we have and just make a lot of memories, you know, because you say a lot of people say NFL stands for not for long. So I'm just going to make sure I take every bit of juice, every bit of advice, every bit of everything that I can with me to wherever I go, wherever I end up in these next few years. Well, I think that's a great perspective. And yeah, I mean, the average NFL career is two and a half years now, they say. So it is not, I mean, it can be longer for some, which is great, but I'll cross the board. It's about two and a half years. So it is a short career. So you have to enjoy it as much as you can get it. Well, Calvin, thanks so much for joining us. Let people know where are you at on social media? Where can they follow you on your journey? My Instagram is primetime underscore CEJ85 and my Twitter is primetime siege. You guys can follow me. I post a lot. I update everybody about what's going on and that's it. 
All right. And again, we'll have those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. And thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Once again, if you have not already done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Share the show with a friend or two or three. It's one way, again, that you can help me to move the ball. And lastly, go check out the show notes. We've got a number of links, including Calvin's social channels. We've got a link to the Move the Ball merchandise store and so much more. And we will catch you on the next episode. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.